0: Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Ephesians chapter 5, let's talk some more about Spirit-filled living. Not just an experience two years ago. Let's talk about living a Spirit-filled life every day. Because to me, this is probably the most important subject for the believer. And that is maintaining a Holy Spirit-filled life. Anybody interested in being filled with God? (laughs) Let me see. What would that do for me? I'm filled with God? Uh, Does that mean... I'll have his wisdom? Uh Uh-huh. Does that mean I'll have his power? Uh Uh-huh. Does that mean I'll get through things that man in in his own self can't get through? Yeah. When you're filled with the Lord, it's not you trying to overcome a problem anymore. It's you and the fullness of God overcoming that problem, which is way easier. If you even get get through it the other way. So Ephesians 5, let's look here. Today I want to get to the, the subject of why speak in tongues. And how is that connected to living a spirit-filled life? Why, why, why speak in tongues? I'm doing okay. Uh, newsflash: There's way more than okay <laughs> available, Pastor. I'm doing okay. Why do I need to speak in tongues? Because uh, there's a lot more than okay available. It's called life more abundantly. It's called overcoming every problem, living in perfect victory. Amen. I mean, the Bible even talks about if you do these things, you'll never fall. <laughs> do, these, do, these, do these phrases sound good to anybody? Yeah. Well, they're available to everybody, not just preachers. You say, well, pastor, I'm not called to preach. So why do I need to listen to a message on how to live a spirit-filled life? Because the Bible addresses every believer, not just preachers, when it comes to being filled with the spirit. Now, I, I think the, the term spirit-filled is kind of like... A cliche today, it's like a denominational tag or something. Um, what are you? Well, I'm Lutheran, or I'm Baptist, or I'm Catholic, or I'm Word of Faith, or I'm Charismatic, or I'm Spirit filled. It's not a tag, right. no. it's not denoting a belief, it's denoting an ongoing, everyday, fresh experience with God to where you are actually maintaining a glow you got when you're initially filled with the Holy Spirit. Right. <clears throat> When you and I, if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit and you've got the Bible evidence of speaking in tongues in your life, you had an experience at one time. I'm hoping and I'm praying that speaking in tongues has become a normal part of your life. (laughs) Sure is quiet in this church. Now, I told you last week that when I first heard about speaking in tongues, I thought it was weird. I thought it was strange. I thought it was you know, for maybe a little bit people that were a little off until I started reading the Bible. Then I found out that not being filled with the spirit and not speaking with tongues was a little off (laughs) because we're talking about being filled with God and have a hotline to heaven and being able to pray for things your brain doesn't even know about and get victory over things you didn't even know attacks were raised against. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. The benefits of speaking in tongues are so powerful and supernatural, I am not at all you know wondering why the devil attacks it so much. He does not want the church strong. He does not want the church edified. He does not want the church praying in a language he can't understand or mess up. He does not want the church having a hotline to God. He does not want the church communicating with God in the spirit, not just mentally. He does not want the church always aware of the fact that the greater one is in them through praying in the spirit and praying in other tongues. Of course, he's going to fight it. The number one thing the devil fights is to keep people from receiving Jesus. The second thing he fights is to keep believers from receiving the Holy Spirit. You don't need to receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit to go to heaven. You need to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior to go to heaven. But have you noticed we ain't in heaven yet? Have you noticed there's still demons that are going to try to attack you and your mind and your family and your children? Have you noticed that? Well, God did not leave us powerless. He said, he, said, he said the Holy Ghost, when he comes upon you, you're going to receive power. And if you look up the word in the Greek, it's dunamis, which we get our word dynamite from it. Spiritual power that the enemy has no defense for. The devil does not want people understanding and living a Spirit-filled life because he's seen what happens when people are filled with the Spirit. Jesus was filled with the Holy Ghost. Here's something people need to get a revelation of. Jesus was successful in his ministry, not just because he was the Son of God. Right. If that's all it was, then why did he need to be full of the Holy Ghost when he was baptized of John in the River Jordan and the Holy Spirit came upon him? Right. Can, you, can you be a legitimate child of God and not be full of the Holy Spirit? Answer, Jesus was. He didn't get filled with the Holy Spirit till he was 30 years old, but he was a child of God up to then. You can be a child of God all your life and miss this amazing experience that God wants you to have of being filled with the Spirit of God. The devil's seen what it could do in Jesus' life. You know what it says? It said, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. He didn't do that before he was filled. He did that after he was filled. Paul, the apostle, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Tremendous power in his ministry. All kinds of things were birthed. We talk about him 2,000 years later today. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. And he got filled with the Holy Spirit. The early church was filled with the Holy Spirit. The enemy has seen what a Spirit-filled church can do, so duh. No wonder he's going to try to make us not desiring it. No wonder he's going to try to bring all this stuff to fill us up so we're not hungry for it. No wonder he's going to fight it from every angle. He does not want us casting him out. He does not want us walking on him like Jesus and Paul in the early church did. He does not want us believing in miracles and healings like they did 2,000 years ago. It totally disrupts his his kingdom. The devil's kingdom is totally disrupted when people decide to live a spirit-filled life. And besides all that, let me say this. There are Christians everywhere addicted to stuff. Do you know why a lot of Christians are addicted to bad stuff? Meth, drugs, coke, whatever. Do you know why why people are addicted? Do you know why? Because they're hungry. They're thirsty for something. And they're turning to the wrong things to try to find satisfaction. You can overcome any addiction if you're living a spirit-filled life. And I'm going to tell you the number one reason you can, because when you're living a Holy Spirit filled life, you don't even want the junk anymore. That's right. And that's nine tenths of the battle right there. Right? You don't want it, you're not going to fall for it. So turn to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17, and let's just talk about a couple things here. I highly encourage you to go to our website, faithheights.org, look up these archives and hear them. At the beginning of 2018, January and February, we taught on these things a couple years ago. They're free. They're archives on the internet. You can go to the media tab, hit series, scroll down. You'll see it talks about spirit-filled living, revelation that, I'm t- that we, this church has been needing for a long time. So in Ephesians 5, look at verse 17. This is Paul, by the Holy Spirit, talking to all believers, not just pastors. Verse 17. Wherefore, church, don't be unwise. Can we just say, don't be dumb? (laughs) Come on, church, don't be dumb. But understanding... What the will of the Lord is. Oh, pastor, what's the will of God for my life? Pastor, what's the will of God for my life? It's such a mystery. Pastor, what's the will of God for my life? Next verse. Come on, <laughs> keep reading. Right? Oh, what's the will of God for my life? Oh, pastor, what's the will of God for my life? Numero uno. Next verse. Don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with The Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit. If you read the surrounding verses, he's talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, one translation says, the J.B. Phillips translation says, don't get your stimulus from wine. Let the Spirit of God stimulate your souls. You know, really, when you have What we're talking about today in your life, you don't even want the lesser. Do you understand that? You don't, I understand in this crazy world, this fallen world infested with demons and crazy people, we're gonna need something to help us get through this life. We're gonna need some kind of stimulus to get through this life, right? You're gonna need, and if you're not gonna be filled with the Holy Spirit, do whatever you have to do, I guess. Take your medicine. Drink your glass of wine. Do whatever. I, I look at it. God's not saying, don't drink your wine, don't drink your wine, don't drink your wine, don't drink your wine. He's saying, I've got something better. Yeah. That's what he's saying here in these verses. I got something better. Yeah. Now, if you're not going for the better, I understand why some people settle for the lesser. Right. I understand that. You got, this life is crazy. I'm not saying I condone it. I'm not saying I approve of it. But going through life sober would be a drag. Did you know you can get so filled with the Holy Spirit? (laughs) You just don't have any cares. Problems actually get fixed the next morning. You don't wake up with a headache the next morning. Or regretting something you did. So let's, let's look here. The will of God is that we be filled with the Spirit. Next verse. Right after, filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Um, There's two things that we really need to get out of these messages. Number one, what does it mean? What does it mean to live a Spirit-filled life? What does that mean? Well, Pastor, I'm saved. What else is there? There's more. (laughs) There's more. He's writing to save people. Why would you write to save people to do something if it already happened because they're saved? He's writing to born-again saints, the faithful in Christ Jesus, in the town of Ephesus, at the church at Ephesus. He's saying, believers that are on your way to heaven, you need to do something. Be filled with the Spirit. Now, when he says, be filled with the Spirit... You have to understand, he's talking to believers who already had a spirit-filled experience. Acts chapter 19 says that they did. You can read it later. He's writing to a church that's born again and has had a spirit-filled experience, and he's telling these born again people who've had a spirit-filled experience and spoke with tongues to be filled with the Spirit. Why would you say that if once filled, always filled? Yeah, there's one initial feel- filling. But what happens after that initial filling, you're supposed to maintain in your life so you can maintain a spirit-filled life. Yep. Yep. All right, so go back to verse 18. And let's, let's, let's say this because I, I know it's a little strong, but it's really good for you. Sometimes the broccoli and the meat is just necessary. What does it mean to live a spirit-filled life? Well, practically, it means we're obeying the Lord. Can you say this? Being filled, being filled is, a is a commandment. Now, if he's going to command us to be filled with the Spirit, then he's going to show us how. And being born again doesn't mean you're automatically doing this because they were born again and he had to say it to them. Right? Now, if you, the benefits of being filled with the Spirit are absolutely amazing. You'd have to hear the previous two messages to hear some of those. Today, I want to talk about Where does speaking in tongues fit in? Oh, isn't this a good message, church? (laughs) You're gonna like this. Um, Being filled is a commandment. These are areas you can tell if Jesus is really your Lord or just your Savior. You can say, ouch, that's okay, he wounds, he heals. (laughs) But here's the good news. If he, if he requires it of us, he gives us the ability and the scriptures and the direction and the instruction to do it. That's what these classes are about. Number one, find out what it means to live a spirit-filled life. And number two, how to do it practically every day. As I was driving, I said, Lord, because sometimes you study so much, you just feel like you've got to share everything you know. I, I, you don't have to know everything I know. You just need to know what God wants you to know today. You have to go, preachers have to watch out about getting into the mode of impressing people or just giving them what the Lord says to give them. Because they're going to come back because He leads them to come back, not because of some great effort on my part. So I want to help you today. So this came to me as I was driving the church today for everybody in here. The Lord wants every one of you to know this, that being filled with the Spirit is not weird And it's not hard. And it mixes perfect with your everyday life, family, career, and business. I mean, even little children can and should be filled with the Holy Spirit. So let me say it again. Being filled with the Spirit and speaking in other tongues is not weird. Actually, it's weird not to if it's available. We're talking about divine Things from heaven that are gifts from God to us that are absolutely amazing. It's just amazing. I don't know how people get through this world without being filled with the Spirit and speaking in tongues. You know the answer to that? They don't. Many of them crash way before time and they never recover. So what does it mean to be filled? Well, I thought it was interesting that James talks about a sin of omission. James 4.17. You can you can put it up if you want, Alyssa. James 417 says, to him that knows to do good and does it not, to him it's a sin. Yeah. Being filled with the Spirit is what the Lord tells us to do. To not do that good, to us it's a sin. No, 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 please, nobody feel con- condemned about any of this. A lot of people just aren't doing this because they don't know. And that's better than knowing and not doing. But he- here's the thing, church. When we know to do good and we refuse to even try, that's a sin to us. It's called a sin of omission. Now, sin of commission is when you steal something. You're doing something you know you shouldn't do. You're doing something bad you know you shouldn't do. That's a sin of commission. You committed a sin. Sin of omission means you're omitting doing something you know is good. And I'm going to say this to you. This sin of omission is the reason for thousands of visible sins of commission. Because if we would take care of this and do this, we wouldn't even want to do a hundred things that are wrong. So all those things that you see that are wrong wouldn't even be there if you fix this invisible problem. Right. Oh. See, I, I said this last week, but so many Christians, they have problems in their life right now because they got room for them. What, what's being filled with the Spirit all about? It's about you being so filled with God on a daily basis. I mean, the enemy and sickness is trying, but it just I got no room in you. You're filled with Him. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, how much room does that leave for depression? Zero. All right. Turn with me to Luke 6. Actually, you know what? I I think, hmm. Pray with me. Father, we just pray that in the remaining time, you would help me to speak out exactly what we need to hear. We come into agreement, Lord. We know there's a lot that needs to be shared, but there's a certain few things that need to be shared right now. Those are the things we want to hear. Help us, Lord, by your Spirit. We believe you're doing it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so let me say this before we get into the tongues part, okay? Whatever you're attending to the most is what you're going to be filled with the most. Yes. And when I say attending, I mean listening, looking, associations, environment, teachings, whatever you're attending to the most, if it's sports then you're going to be filled with sports. Nothing wrong with sports. Just please don't be filled with sports at the expense of being filled with God. Sports won't help you in the evil day when you get a bad doctor's report. Being filled with the Spirit helps you overcome everything. Church, listen closely. Being filled with the Spirit does not eliminate all storms. Being filled with the Spirit means you're filled with the one who's greater than all storms. And oh, is it good to be filled with the Greater One when the storm comes your way? Yes. It's wonderful. Anybody ever been there? Yes. Personally, well, we've all been there. It's like we wouldn't even be physically alive today if we were not filled with the Spirit. Marriage wouldn't be together. Church wouldn't be here. At least we wouldn't be here. Did I say Luke? Yes. Six twenty-five. Luke six twenty-five. Jesus is teaching. He said, woe unto you that are full. Now, wait a minute. We're talking about being full of the Holy Spirit. What's he talking about here? He's talking about woe to you that are full of other things and you have no desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The enemy knows this principle. If he can get a person filled with something, they won't be hungry for the other thing. And sometimes you have to watch out about filling up on other things where you have no desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I would encourage a lot of you at times, next time, you know, pressure or stress comes your way, instead of turning to the world only for relief, fast that and fill up on God. And you'll start getting addicted to being a spirit-filled Christian instead of all these other things that are around you that the world says you need. So, woe to you that are full, you shall hunger. Woe to you that laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. So, he's talking about a woe. He's saying this is a very grievous thing to be full of other things to where you don't want God in your life. You don't want the fullness of the Spirit in your life. And if you have no desire right now for the fullness of the Spirit, I encourage you to change that. (laughs) Amen? Get hungry for the Lord and for us. I don't think, you know... I don't know how people are going to make it in these last days without being filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus needed it. Paul needed it. The early church needed it. Who are we to think we don't need it? Mm-hmm. Um, say this clean, clean is not enough. Thank God we're clean. When we get born again, thank God we're clean. When our sins are washed away, thank God we're clean. But did you ever ask yourself the question why are you clean? And why are you clean? Well, you're clean so that the Holy Spirit could fill you up. Because he can't fill up unclean vessels. Jesus cleaned us, and then he gave us his spirit. Turn with me. Um, let's go ahead and go to 1 Corinthians now. Let's get right into this other part. And as you're turning there, um, i got to slow down. <laughs> Has anybody ever not heard before today the term filled with the Holy Spirit? Raise your hand if you've never heard that term before, filled with the Holy Spirit. Most everybody's heard that term. I realized a few years ago that I thought I was a Spirit-filled Christian 24-7 because I had an experience a while back where I got baptized with the Holy Spirit and spoke with other tongues. I thought... I was a spirit-filled Christian because I had an experience. And the Lord started opening my eyes and revealing to me, no, you had a spirit-filled experience, John, but that doesn't mean you're maintaining a spirit-filled life every day. That really got my attention because I thought up for years that I'd call myself a spirit-filled Christian, but then I look back and I go, "Wait a minute. I obviously wasn't spirit-filled that day. <laughs> and I wasn't spirit-filled that day either. See, I was a man that had an experience, but God wants us to get us to the place where we're living a spirit-filled life. you know it's virtually impossible to worry and live a spirit-filled life at the same time? It's, it's virtually impossible to be afraid and to be living a spirit-filled life at the same time. You know, when you're, when you're living a spirit-filled life, even death doesn't scare you. I mean, more people need to leave the earth spirit-filled than the way they do because it's, it's much more glorious to leave the earth while you're filled with the spirit. spirit. Being spirit-filled takes the pain out of things. All right, let's look here in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And I want to show you Hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Yeah, let's just get right into this because I have to close here pretty soon. 1 Corinthians 14, look at verse 4. Now, this is the New Testament instruction to New Testament Christians just like we are today. To the church at Corinth, to the church at Grand Junction, Christians everywhere. The Bible says he that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. Now I want you to know when the Bible says edifies yourself, he's talking about power. Yes. Yes. Supernatural strength. Ability to overcome stuff. The natural man does not have the ability to overcome these, these are not little words. These are powerful words. He that speaks in an unknown tongue builds himself up. Well, what's so cool about that? You'll find out next time a test comes your way to try to destroy you or your family or your business. He that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. Then he says, but he that prophesies edifies the church. It's real interesting in these writings here in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. A lot of people go to certain scriptures here to try to prove tongues isn't for everybody and you shouldn't speak in tongues in church. That's not at all what Paul was saying. He was saying, listen, when it comes to a church setting and you're going to be addressing the people, speak in a language they understand, ding, ding, I mean, I could sit here and t- I could speak to you in tongues this whole time. Kifonde, Modonde, fendigriana, mononde, I could speak in tongues the whole service. just like Paul talked about. That didn't come from my head. That came from here. I never learned that. But what would that profit you? Zippo. Did I just say something that was really good? Oh yeah, I'm praying a perfect prayer. I'm praising God perfectly. Absolutely. Actually, look at verse 2. Back up to verse 2. He that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. For no man understands him. However, in the Spirit. Everybody say, "In in the Spirit. He speaks mysteries. So, notice here, this is talking about a person praying to God. Right. Would God give one person a greater ability to pray and not another? Nope. That's ridiculous. Everybody can, see, People get confused because they don't discern between diverse uh, kinds of tongues. It's plural. Not everybody has a ministry of tongues that turns into prophecy in a church setting where God speaks to people. Right. But everybody can pray in tongues. Give me a break. We're children of God. And people get those two mixed up. And they say, see, Paul says, do all speak with tongues? Do all speak with tongues? What's that listed with? The prophet, the apostle, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. He's talking about gifts in the church that minister to the church, not a prayer language that every believer can have between them and God. Now, the Lord uses me. I believe diverse kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. The ministry gift from God to people goes with the pastoral office. I operate in that frequently, more than the normal person, probably. Because it goes with the pastoral office. It's listed as equipment in the pastoral office. But when it comes to praying to God, your Father, would he give me a greater way to pray than you? Would he give you a greater way to pray than me? He that speaks in an unknown tongue. This is powerful. You're not talking to men. This is a language beyond men understanding. Tongues of men and angels, right? The Bible talks about. So when you're praying to God, this is so amazing. You can talk divine secrets with God and then begin to understand what you're talking to him about. And that will change your life. You see where it says speaketh mysteries? You know what happens a lot of times when you're praying in tongues? The mysterious will of God becomes clear to you because you're talking to him about those mysteries. You're talking to him about this. Now it's not such a mystery anymore. Maybe it's a mystery to you. Maybe it's a total mystery to you. Why am I struggling with fear all my life? Pray in tongues long enough and that mystery will be unraveled and you'll get free. That's right. It's such a mystery to me. Why I can't get my healing? It's such a mystery to me. It's such a mystery to me. I see it in the Word, but it's such a mystery. Why, 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 why? Pray in tongues with God long enough. Talk to him about these mysteries and it'll become clear to you. Because the scripture says a few verses later, he that speaks in an unknown tongue, pray that you may interpret. Right. So in other words, interpretations may not just come to you because you need them. you got to ask for them. The verse 4 again, look at verse 4. He that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. Church, listen. On the day of Pentecost, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That was the initial baptism of the Holy Spirit. That was an experience they had in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 4, same bunch is filled with the Spirit again. Not the initial filling, but they're maintaining a Spirit-filled life through prayer, through worship, and through hearing the Word. All right. When it comes to how to maintain a Spirit-filled life, keep coming to church because that helps you maintain a Spirit-filled life. Peter, 10 years after Acts chapter 2, is preaching a sermon in a house of a Gentile, a a centurion. And his whole family's gathered together. And he's firing away. And Peter's preaching about Jesus and the resurrection and the the forgiveness of sins. He's preaching. And right in the middle of his sermon, all these Gentiles, you know, non-Jews, all these Gentiles, all of a sudden... While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them that heard the word, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Yep. What does that show you? One of the ways to maintain a spirit-filled life. Yes, read your Bible, but that's not what was going on here. They were hearing anointed, audible words from a man anointed of the Holy Spirit preaching the gospel to him. If you want to maintain a spirit filled life, keep drinking in anointed preaching and teaching. You know, God's called you to listen to it. Even if it's 15 minutes in the morning and 15 minutes at night, break the sermons down on the podcast or whatever you got to do. Drink in the word. In Acts chapter 4, it said they were in a prayer meeting one day, and you know they were praying in tongues because the interpretation was what all they were praying, and somehow it came forth. And it said well, they prayed. And it said they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They spoke the word of God with boldness. It's so interesting that when you see scriptures, when people were filled with the Spirit, powerful words came out of their mouth. And divine things happened after they spoke those words in a language they could understand. What if people just spoke better? <laughs> right here, 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 you ready? Better words, better life. And this is where the Holy Ghost comes in. He will help you speak powerful words that really make a difference in your business, in your family, in your life. It says, Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and he prophesied. They were filled with the Holy Ghost and they spoke the word of God with boldness. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke with other tongues. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and they magnified God. So the initial overflow is Speaking. And the way you maintain a spirit-filled life is continuing to speak those divinely inspired utterances. I heard the Spirit of God right now just say this. This is the answer to depression, confusion. This is the answer to fear, right? This is the answer to overcome all that. Because God's not afraid of anything. And if you're filled with him, you ain't afraid of anything. And here's what the Lord wanted me to say to you. Just make the few simple adjustments in your life to do the things that will help you maintain a spirit-filled life. Here's, here, Who says you have to hear an anointed sermon just once a week? <laughs> we are privileged with the internet today and the archives and the availability of word. We are privileged to hear a good sermon every day. Or half of a good sermon every day. To so, a pastor, I have marriage problems. Are you listening? Are you listening to me? This is how you rise above it all. Yeah. Right. Hmm. All right. Turn with me before we go any further. Let me just ask you this. What's the number one reason you think we should speak in tongues? I know I just shared some benefits. So what... what Okay, Alyssa, you don't have to turn it. Go to Mark 16. and the scriptures I gave you in Mark 16. I think it was like verse 15 through a few. Afterward, uh, no, go to the next verse. He said unto them, which we are part of them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Okay, we'll do that, Lord. He that believes, Jesus said, is baptized, shall be saved. He that believes not will be condemned. Next verse. These signs shall follow them that believe. Notice, not just full-time preachers. All right. Believers, in my name, Jesus said, you shall cast out devils. Now, that's King James. There's really only one devil. Many demons. That should be translated demons, and more modern translations do. Jesus said, in my name, if the devil gets you in your way, tell him to get out of your way. Basically what he's saying. Oh, no, i got to call a pastor and five of my... You can do it yourself if you're a believer. Just say, devil, get out of my way in Jesus' name. All right? And believers shall what? Now, I've heard people just get crazy about this. Well, he's talking there about learning other languages and being a missionary in France and being a missionary in Mexico. Just learn them other languages like Jesus said. Give me a Bible break. Is casting out devils supernatural or natural? It's supernatural. They shall speak with new tongues. Next verse. Hey, believers, you'll take up serpents, and if you drink any deadly thing, it won't even hurt you. Divine protection. That's if you accidentally do it in the line of duty. You'll lay hands on the sick like we did this morning, and they shall recover. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. If you were prayed for this morning, say, I'm in the recovery process. So, lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Is that supernatural? Supernatural. Oh, uh-huh. Casting out devils. Is that supernatural? Supernatural. Hmm? Divine protection, is that supernatural? Yes. Drinking poison and not hurting you. A snake biting you and not hurting you in the line of duty. Yeah. Well, then speaking in tongues is supernatural. He's not going to put one natural gift surrounded by three other supernatural gifts. They're all supernatural. It's talking about speaking in another tongue you never learned because you're filled with the Spirit and it comes from your heart, not your head. Yeah. 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 So number one, why should we speak in tongues? Somebody says, well, Jesus didn't speak with tongues, but he told you to. Right. Are you going to see how many going to teach you? Oh, so, so why didn't you speak in tongues? Huh? Well, because you didn't, Lord, but I told you to. Right. I gotta, the please understand not this is not to make anybody feel bad. I believe the number one reason people are not filled with the Spirit and they're not maintaining a Spirit-filled life through speaking in tongues every day because they simply don't know. They don't know what it is. No preachers taught him, taking the time and taught them properly. That's why I feel like the Lord said, take some time, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten weeks if you have to teach on these things. Because he said, I want my people filled with my spirit. So they're not so worried all the time. So they're not so ineffective in praying for others all the time. So their families are stronger. Their finances are better. Their health is better. Can you think of anything cooler than being filled with God? To where when you walk into a room, it's not just you, it's you and the greater one. There to help, be a blessing, love, care, pray powerful prayers. Okay, go to another scripture now. Go to 1 Corinthians 14. I'm going to close with this. And one more in 2 Corinthians 11. Do you realize that speaking in tongues builds you up on the inside? Prepares you for future tests and trials. Helps you overcome when without it you never would overcome. Do you realize that? Come on, if Jesus needed to be filled with the Holy Ghost, you do too. I know a lot of people don't think this is their answer. It is the answer. Capital T-H-E. Jesus overcame all that the devil had to throw at him in the the temptation area because he was full of the Holy Ghost and he quoted scriptures. You can't do... You got to have them both. So 1 Corinthians 14... Go back to verse 4. Paul said, by the Holy Ghost, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies or builds himself up. What could we do if we were stronger on the inside? What would we want to do if we're stronger on the inside? Ah, what would we not want to do if we were stronger on the inside? Do you remember I said a couple weeks ago? Sometimes, some church friends may be a little uncomfortable around you if you're living a spirit-filled life because you're not going to want to do all the things you used to do. It's not that you're restraining and resisting. You just don't want it. Do you realize this time on earth is a vapor? You're only here for a couple more clicks and out. And what movies we watched or didn't watch aren't going to mean squat. (laughs) Right? Right? What we did in the natural isn't fine. Enjoy some things, but in their proper order. And I don't mean the filth either. I don't know. Ever since, ever since Pastor John and Carla got filled with the Holy Spirit, they don't want to go to certain movies with me anymore. Why not? You just answer the question. We don't want to. It's not like we're resisting. Oh, I want to go so bad, but I can't because I'm a spirit-filled Christian. (laughs) You don't want to. I Man, what if you overcame the wrong wants? You're free. Yeah. <laughs> so I, just, I just can't overcome this. Stop lying. <laughs> you can do all things through Christ. You're giving it because you want to. <laughs> just got to get your want tweaked a little better. Get some power over your own will. That's right. You want to live a holy life? Yep. <coughs> Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> It's interesting how it relates being filled with the Spirit to people in the natural being drunk on wine. People do things they would never do when they're drunk on alcohol. Uh-huh. People do things they never do if they were sober. Right. A lot of dumb things. A lot of people get in trouble, get arrested for it. Yeah. Well, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll find yourself doing some things you would never do sober. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like witnessing somebody about Jesus out in public and not even caring what people think. That's right. Inviting somebody to church serving in the church where people think you're a little crazy. What are you serving in the church for? Because I want to. Huh? Did you know in Acts chapter 6, Peter said, all right, we got a problem in the church. All right, the widows are being neglected in the daily administration of food and clothing and all that. We got a problem. You guys, uh, we got to pray and, and, you know, preach the word. So why don't you guys look out among yourselves seven men. Honest report full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom whom we may appoint over this business. You know, to serve properly, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Right? Interesting that one of the... Ha, ha, what are they looking for? Peter told all the people, All right, you guys, yeah, we need some help here, so go look out among you, seven men of honest report and full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. What are they looking for? Well, being filled with the Holy Ghost must be recognizable. Or how would you know what to look for? Yep. Right. I don't think he's just going up to people saying, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Oh yeah, you bet. <laughs> There's got to be more than that. That's right. There's got to be outward... Ex- here's, a great, here's a great way to tell what you're filled with. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Come on. Oh my. Here's a great way to tell what your spirit's filled with. You ready? According to Jesus... Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I put it, I believe the Lord gave it to me like this. That's Luke 6, 45. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Are you ready? You can tell what you're filled with by what you want to talk about the most. You can tell what you're filled with by what you want to talk about the most. And I'm not saying it's wrong to have some other things in our life, but nothing should ever override God. Okay, go back. 1 Corinthians 14. Verse 4. He that speaks in an unknown tongue builds himself up. Drop down now to verse 18. This is Paul the Apostle. What does he say here? What's he say? Go ahead and read it. Okay. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than ye all. So we know one thing we know is Paul was Texan. <laughs> I thank God I speak with tongues more than ye all. Right? More than ye all. I don't even think there's an E in there. When Mark Hankins texts me, it's always ye, claustrophia, y'all, y'all, (laughs) y'all. Okay, we know Paul was Texan. Got that? (laughs) This is interesting. Now, whether you realize it or not, there's another scripture in this same chapter, quote, says this, I wish that you would all speak with tongues. Well, would Paul be wishing for something that wasn't God's will? Of course not. Everybody can speak in tongues in a prayer language. Not everybody may have the gift of tongues where God's speaking to the church through prophecy. All right. Now, last scripture is 2 Corinthians 11. You ready? Got this in your brain? What did Paul say? I I thank God I speak with tongues more than you all. And they were doing a lot of speaking in tongues because he had to bring some correction on the scene because they were doing it at wrong times. And for anybody that thinks... Tongues is not important. The very last couple verses in this chapter, Paul says, Forbid not to speak with tongues, church. Just when you're in the church, be mindful of other people, not just you and your spiritual experience. Be mindful of edifying the church. At home, praying tongues all the time, driving down the road. Are you kidding me? This is how you maintain a spirit-filled life. You feed on the Word and you pray in tongues every day, you'll maintain a spirit-filled life. So now, let's see if this did anything for Paul. 2 Corinthians 11, go ahead and put that up there, a list of those scriptures I gave you. Paul said this, are these people ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I'm more, Paul said, this personal testimony. Paul said, in labors and work, more abundant. Me, whipped above measure. I've been in prisons more frequent, in deaths often. Now, wait a second. How do you be in deaths often? Yeah. How how, how do you die more than once and you're still alive? Supernatural, isn't it? Everybody wants supernatural help, but they don't want to do any supernatural praying. Next verse. Of the Jews, my own own people, five times they whipped me 40 stripes minus one, 39 lashes, five times. And their whips were not what you think they are. They had bone and glass, all kinds of stuff in them. So here he's getting whipped. How do you make it through all this? wonder if it has anything to do with I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all because he that speaks in tongues builds himself up gets through stuff you're not supposed to get through Amen. and I just feel prompted to say this there are people who have sinned fallen flat on their face screwed up royally excuse my expression messed up bad and they've never gotten up And you want to know why they've never gotten up? You want to know why they're not restored? You want to know why they're not doing great things for God today? Huh? Because they can't comprehend that level of restoration. Mm -hmm. It's supernatural. Peter had to get filled with the Holy Ghost to get over his denying the Lord. And people are going to have to get filled with the Holy Ghost to get over your mistakes. It's supernatural. It's beyond the mind. The natural man doesn't understand. Thinks it's foolish. So he's be- beaten five times, 39 stripes minus, one, excuse me, 39 stripes. Next verse. Three times I was beaten with rods. How do you get through this stuff? How do you not quit the ministry and say, I'm done, God. Call me to this glorious ministry and they're trying to kill me every t- everywhere I go. How did he not quit? How did he keep going? How did he not die until he was done? Beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. And we know that time he died. And they gathered around him and he rose from the dead. Why? Because he ain't done. And no rocks from no unbelievers are going to take me out before I'm done. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Three times I suffered shipwreck. A night in the day I've been in the deep. What is that? Not sure, but I know I don't want it. Next verse. In journeyings often trouble in waters. Perils, that means dangerous times of robbers. Perils of my own countrymen. Perils by the heathen. Perils in the city. Perils in the wilderness. Perils in the sea. Here's the bad one. Perils among false brethren. How do you deal with this betrayal? How do you deal with this stuff? How do you get through? Oh, remember, this is the guy that said, I thank God I speak with tongues more than ye all He that speaks in an unknown tongue builds himself up. Next verse. In weariness, in painfulness, in watchings often, hunger and thirst, fastings often, cold and nakedness. How do you get through this stuff? This is supernatural that he's even going on. It's supernatural that he even finished his course. Next verse. Besides those things that are without, (laughs) that which comes upon me daily. And here's where I can relate. The care of all the churches. Next verse. Who's weak and I'm not weak? Who's offended and I burn not? Do you see the connection? You don't get through this stuff just by doing whatever you want. He's he's filled with God. And how many believe Paul is really, really happy today? (laughs) He talked about crown laid up for him. He talked about rewards in the next life. We got to make sure we're not just living for this life. This life is the shortest thing we'll ever do. When we cross over from this life to the next life, we need to have done things that affect the next life not just this life thank you for listening to today's podcast for more information about this ministry visit faithheights.org you can also find us on facebook and instagram to sow into this ministry visit faithheights.org and click on the donate tab